right, everybody. It is the SB411 podcast. I'm Nick Veronin, editor of Metro Silicon Valley, the South Bay's weekly newspaper, alternative weekly newspaper, if you please. Uh, Jennifer Wadsworth, our news editor, has the night off, and I am joined by Tomic Makowiak and Jeremiah, the podcast Harada, professional podcast guest. Uh, you may know them as the Barfly Boys, and uh, I've brought them on the program today because first, Tomic wrote this week's cover story, Bitsplained, how blockchain is positioned to reshape our economic system. We're going to talk to him about his story, and we're going to talk about our St. Paddy's Day guide because who better to talk about drinking establishments than uh, the Barfly Boys? How's it going, guys? It's going great. We're doing well. Thank you. All right. So uh, let's let's jump right into this week's cover story. Uh, I think it was several months ago that we were on another uh, Barfly mission uh, with then managing editor Josh Kane, myself, Jeremiah, and Tomic. I think we were going to Back Bar. We ended up there, and you were telling us about the blockchain. That's correct. So uh, what's up? What is what? What's the deal with that? All right. So the blockchain is basically a distributed ledger, and it is the important bit um, behind things like Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. And what makes it fascinating is the way that this system is updated. Um, it basically it's incentivizes third-party verification of all these different exchanges. You could be exchanging money for energy or, you know cryptocurrency for crypto kitties or whatever. The important thing is that there's a third party verifying <clears throat> this distributed ledger, which incentivizes them to make sure that the ledger is always accurate. And that may seem really boring, but it's actually a revolution in accounting. And accounting is really um, an important aspect of humanity and, and actually what makes us an efficient um, species and what drives us, you know, to the heights that we've reached. It's really accounting and uh, verified, accurate accounting that allows us to do all this stuff. Right. So it was a, it was, this was a complex topic. I think most people know, uh, whether they know it or not, are familiar with a technology that uses blockchain, which is Bitcoin, which uh, at the beginning of the new year was going crazy. It was, it was worth... Uh, $20,000 per Bitcoin, I think, at one point. And it, it's it's since come down drastically in price, and people are saying, oh, it's a, it's a bubble. And that that may be. It, it, it probably is, right, Tomic? But it doesn't matter. I mean, the, 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 the real point in what you're saying in your story is Bitcoin's just the beginning. Like, we're starting to see how this technology, the blockchain, is going to... Uh, revolutionize the way we do a lot of things from the insurance industry to you you were talking about uh buying power in developing countries um and other stuff i don't know i mean it's <clears throat> it's so all-encompassing there's the ability for uh, micro investments um you know a lot of young people are really struggling not only with debt but also struggling to save for the future and usually the the entry point to a, you know, worthwhile savings account or, or whatever, um, where you can 
live off of your dividends in your whatever later years, the entry point is really high. But with a lot of these blockchain technologies, the entry point is really low, like Impact PPA, which is one of the um, one of the groups that I talk about. Um, it's run by this guy named Dan Bates. Uh, you can purchase parts of these renewable energy power plants, you know, that are going up in India and Africa and 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 whatever. And um, to me, that's an amazing thing because you can actually make a very very small investment and potentially get a really high return. And these are physical things that exist in the world. They're not, you know, um, whatever. You're not <clears throat> you're not buying stock or something like that. You're you're actually purchasing not only the ability of these people to have electricity, reliable electricity, probably for the first time ever, you're also purchasing something that's going to grow and give you dividends. So it's, it's a pretty amazing thing, but it's the blockchain is so broad. It's really um, potentially a revolution, um, and it's going to touch every single industry. It's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, imagine writing a an article about the internet, you know, in 1988 or something. It, it's just such That's a... That's where... So we're, we're at that stage where people are just like... Uh, very few people understand this thing fully. Uh, a lot of people just think of it as, uh, oh, that thing that's involved with Bitcoin or if they know about crypto kitties, which we mentioned in this story, these things are super adorable. And it, it seems silly to them. It seems, or it seems like a get-rich-quick scheme. Uh, but ultimately, you were talking about accounting being at the core of a lot, if not everything, that we do. Because you have to, if you're exchanging goods with someone, if you've done somebody a favor, if you've, if you need to manage a project, you have to be able to track all this stuff. And this technology is going to uh, allow us to do that in a in a way that is accurate. Uh, re uh, reliable, uh, 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 adverse to fraud, uh, fraud and and uh, and and hacking and um... yeah. I mean the, the way, I mean accounting is really ubiquitous in our lives to the point where we don't feel it. It's 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 almost in our subconscious. But everything. Think about your day to day life. Um, you probably when you wake up, probably the first thing you look at is you know you want to check the time, so you look at your phone. So guess what? You're you're looking at um, you know, th there's a relationship between you and your phone service provider and, you know, that viewport, that screen um, has to be accounted for. There's data there, there, you know, then you, let's say you go to the bathroom and you use the bathroom and the water's flowing. Guess what? There's some accounting behind that. And every single step of the way, there's accounting. And I know you know that um, a lot of times there's a problem with accounting. Even our own, you know, county and city and state um, utilities make mistakes, which we pay for, and it's very, very expensive. Um, because they're not incentivized, really, to be accurate, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because they just perform a function, and you know, um, they control that whole side of it. But if you have a system where everything is incentivized, or, or a third-party verification is incentivized, and a third-party verifying these exchanges, they don't care... Um, about anything else but the accuracy and the precision of, you know, timestamping these exchanges and verifying them and putting them on a public ledger. That's amazing. Then, it, you know, it minimizes fraud because 
the verifying factor is not going to benefit in any other way except making sure that there's accuracy. So um, I know a lot of people uh, don't believe in the blockchain. They don't believe in Bitcoin. I didn't for a long time. I'm still kind of unsure about it. But the promises that blockchain technology offers are, are really enticing. They're, they're going to be world-changing, um, not only because we're going to have all this verified data and that's going to help AI really understand the world. You know, AI's biggest problem is understanding what's true, not true, what's correct, what's incorrect. Because, you know, right now it's just big data streaming in mm -hmm. and the machines are having a hard time figuring out what's accurate and what's not. <clears throat> but the flip side of that is obviously energy consumption is going to go through the roof. You know, right? Because processing the, the the it consumes a lot of energy. There's massive amounts of computers and servers involved in this yeah. this process. And and there's a way to mitigate the proof of work um, problem that uh, Bitcoin has, but only to a certain degree. You, for the blockchain to work, you have to have. Um, you know, this incredible redundancy of this ledger. It has to exist on a lot of different servers that are independent of each other. Um, so d just to do that is is an incredible undertaking. Mm -hmm. um, one of the, well, speaking of power, one of the uh, examples of the use of blockchain technology in this story is Impact PPA. You said Dan Bates is, uh, he's setting up solar panel uh, fueled energy grids in places like Haiti uh, and India uh, and Africa and he and people pay for this energy and they can pay for it on a day-to-day -day basis an hour-by-hour -hour basis right yes so they can make micro payments and um, you know the type of payment system that we're used to you know on a month-to-month -month basis is really um, you know that is uh, only a first world reality. Yeah, it's uh, cost prohibitive if you if you. Yeah, because we. I mean. Yeah, uh, I mean we could. I could leave. I could leave the lights on at home, and it's probably not that big of a deal to me. But you know, when you are in in a, in a developing nation, you're a farmer. You might just need light at night so you can cook buy it or something and, and you just need a couple hours and that's what you pay for with right. your cell phone via SMS or whatever. Right, yeah. So Dan Bates sets up these um, energy plants and they're really remarkable. So they're solar on top and in the middle they have these kind of stand-up turbines. Hmm. Um, that's where they generate, you know, wind energy from, whatever. And he has them in all these different configurations. Um, you know, he'll put them up... Um, you know, sometimes they're very wide, and if they're servicing like a village or something like that, or if the power that um, is being generated is for like a cellular substation, he'll build them really, really tall and actually um, attach all the cellular equipment to the tower, to the power tower, I think he calls it. I'm probably getting that wrong. Sorry, Dan. But, um, but yeah, he's already doing it. He's been committed to this for a long time and the reason he got into the blockchain space was to help funding and he wants to accelerate funding of these projects and even though I think he's a fan of you know these NGOs and and other things like the World Bank whatever um, he's basically he's convinced that there's enough 
quote unquote good people who want to see positive renewable change in the world to where he can uh, create a token and um, help to pay for all these things just from, you know, gaining money from um, people around the world and tokenizing and, it. And, and so, I mean, I guess what the, what I'm hearing is that the blockchain makes this the technology there makes this financially viable for him because he can collect a lot of little payments um, and he can and he's he's sure that he's getting the payments he when you're collecting a bunch of little payments that add up to financing something of this scale you 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 need to make sure that every payment goes through like you need every cent right i mean is that is that part of why he would use the the why, why the blockchain allows him to do what he's doing it it is but i think really um what dan's looking for is that um so the third party verification incentive is that you get paid in the cryptocurrency that is being verified right mm -hmm. so basically what that does is it gives an intrinsic value to the work not only to the work of verifying an exchange, but also to the work that the token represents. So I think for Dan, <clears throat> the reason he wanted to do it is um, it basically creates another, I guess, economic channel. It allows people, for example, um, it would it allows a person like me to um, invest in one of these small power stations, let's say in, you know, in the Punjab somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. um, and let's say I have $200 that I want to invest. And um, so I buy that amount of tokens from um, Dan Bates's organization. And then they put that towards um, the build of an electricity station. And then I own whatever portion of that and you're going to get a return on your invest. You're 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 helping build a grid in a place that doesn't have one, uh, renewable energy grid, and you're you're potentially going to gain from from that donation. Right, because when you think about it, and you, so what? So there's that low entry point, but I'm pretty sure that the all of North India is going to have. It's just going to continue to grow, and their power consumption is just going to continue to grow. And each kilowatt is just going to be worth more and more, right? Mm -hmm. So if I own a part of a power station that's generating electricity that's becoming more and more valuable, I assume that my investment is just going to grow, right? It's uh, so it's not all it's not all potentially great though. I mean, there 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 could be some sort of uh, black mirror esque uh, uses for the blockchain and let's speculate for for a little bit uh we don't know for sure you were telling me and that's why it didn't make it into the story in great detail but uh you were saying china is very interested in the blockchain and if you guys have seen uh black mirror i think episode one season three where uh this woman uh is invited to her friend's wedding and and, and it's in this sort of weirdly happy shiny happy dystopian future where everybody uh pays each other in like likes so everyone has like a yelp rating or a what do you call it you know yelp for people um <laughs> you know that and and every every interaction there's an accounting in that like you give somebody a smiley face or you give somebody a sad face and then everybody has this rating 
and uh, you know it's sort of a metaphor for social stratification and, and stuff like that. Uh, but that could potentially happen, and it's possible that the Chinese government is looking into that. Is that what you've heard? Yeah, um, you know, th there is a social score um, thing, which is kind of going to it's going to become kind of a, a keystone to. Uh, so let me back up. So the Chinese, you know, um, have their version of our new world order, right? So um, after World War II, we came up with a new world order and we started spreading these ideals and systems all around the globe, right? And we've done really well with that as far as Western civilization, right? Um, the Chinese have this thing called China New Era. And um, it's not only... A philosophy that includes, um, you know, banking and military influence. It also includes renewable energies. It also includes gamification of their society and stuff like that. <clears throat> and this is where the social score comes in. Um, but from what I've heard, the Chinese are very, very conscious of the fact that all these things have to be verified and they have to be extremely accurate because you don't want to deploy you know, such a wide-reaching system that's faulty that could give you the wrong results. It could literally mean that it would bring your entire society to its knees, you know. So it has to be ultra-secure, it has to be hacker-proof, all this stuff. So, you know, and since China is the biggest Bitcoin mining community in the world, um, they were already familiar with the blockchain and they started investigating on how to use it. And I think they're really, really interested in how secure it is. And from what I heard last week, it was kind of the biggest um, meeting of the minds in China as far as government officials and blockchain came up a bunch of times. And they, you know, the Chinese are really, really aggressive as far as, you know, cutting edge technology. So they're obviously looking into it and they're probably gonna be the first you know, they're probably going to be the first nation state to deploy, um, you know, fully functioning, you know, iteration of the blockchain. Speaking of nation states, uh, one of the going back to a, a more promising or utopian vision of what the blockchain could uh, usher in, it's it's not tied to any nation state. It is it is it is independent, but it may soon become uh, co-opted by nation states and also the banking industry. So Absolutely, yeah. The, the banking industry is developing this thing called the Lightning Network, which is um, a, uh, a competitor to the, I don't know, I'm just going to say Bitcoin. If you want to learn more about it, I you know look up Roger Veer. He's actually in the article, and he has a bunch of really great info about the Lightning Network, and he's much more of an expert in that subject matter than I am. So, um, you know, you can always look him up. But, uh, but yeah, blockchain, I just want to talk about this. So the, the blockchain technologies are third party. They're not uh, bound by any borders. So they are massive competition to um, the status quo in the banking industry and in government. So this is probably... If there's any reason uh, beyond energy consumption that blockchain technologies will not be deployed, it's that. Um, you know, the, I don't think the government really wants, uh, you know, the government's major role really is accounting, right? Yeah. 
um, and imagine that all of a sudden uh, being automated and given to third parties that are more reliable uh, at keeping tabs. So um, as wonderful as this technology and really this philosophy of um, data management is, there is a big chance that it, it, nothing will ever come to fruition because it is um, directly threatening very, very powerful institutions that believe that they do their job really, really well and they don't want to give up their responsibilities. Yeah. Well, uh, again, the article is called Bitsplained, How Blockchain is Positioned to Reshape Our Economic System. I think it's a great primer if you have been wondering what the hell all this stuff is about. It's in this week's issue of Metro on newsstands now. You can get it at your local bar, at, your, at the restaurant, at the coffee shop. And when we come back, we're going to talk about bars because it's St. Patty's Day this weekend. And uh, Jeremiah, who has uh, remained mum during the previous segment, I think is going to chime in big time. Isn't that right, Jeremiah? I just might. All right. Well, you'll, the only way to find out is to stick around. We'll be right back. Jeremiah uh, has had enough beer now that he, I think, feels comfortable joining the conversation. And we are going to talk about St. Patrick's Day, uh, one of the best uh, examples of um, a complete transmogrification of the original intent of a holiday and into a just a drinking shit show. Um, I just want to say that arguably I haven't had enough beer. Oh, sorry. I'm so I, I apologize. You know, I try to give you the amount of beer you require, but I want to hit the sweet spot, you know? Yeah, so look at that. Quartz Lounge. Yeah. $5 Jameson shots. Well, hold on, Tomic. Hold on. We got to talk about what we're talking about here. We are talking about this week's issue of Metro Silicon Valley, the SV Dining Guide, which is uh, this week all about St. Patty's Day and the places you could go with your bros, with your mom with whoever you like to go out and celebrate with uh, for St. Patrick's Day. Now, St. Patrick's Day. No, I usually Day. go out with my mom. Good call. Who's also my bro. Good call. Yeah. Big ups to mom. How dare you? <laughs> so, uh, Jeremiah and Tomic, for those of you who don't know, are the Barfly Boys. They turn in uh, sporadic columns on uh, bars and, and, and institutional drinking institutions all over the South Bay. They've written about uh, patties. They've written about uh, the Cinnabar. They've written about... Uh, Other what? places. Hoppus. Uh, 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 they, did a, they did a tour of, of the peninsula, and they went to lots of great places like... Uh, Mervyn's. Mervyn's Lounge <laughs> in Mountain View. Um, and so... Yeah, we've done a lot of them. The, it, made, it just made sense to bring these guys on to talk about St. Patrick's Day because everyone's going to be, uh, you know, in their cups. They're going to be feeling the, the holiday spirit. And, uh, yeah, we got a guide of places to go, and we're going to try to, right now, give you even more places to go uh, should, you, should you choose. So 
I don't know. How should we start? What, what, do you have, have any fond uh, St. Patrick's Day memories? I think... Um, I got drunk one time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got any like like blank spots that you're pretty sure were like awesome, but you I, just like... There's just... You're not, you're not 100%. I'm going to be honest. Uh, at the Cinnabar, I almost caught a leprechaun one time. Oh, yeah. Leonard? Yes. I've heard about him. Nobody knows his name. Nobody knows who he is. <laughs> but every year, a leprechaun does show up at Cinnabar. Um, as far as like, you know, I blacked out once at uh, the Brit, Almaden, but, you know, Jeremiah was there. It wasn't because of drinking. <laughs> yeah. Jeremiah finally got fed up. And and threw a haymaker and landed it. And, oh and no! Tom, that would, wait no. That you do have a story about that. That, that was not Jeremiah. <laughs> that that was the, those five very beefy gentlemen uh, in the parking lot. But I was there to witness it. <laughs> yeah, Jeremiah. Saw it all. <laughs> the, actually, we were on bicycles, and uh, as I was laying there taking a uh, a, a nap, <laughs> I'd like to say I was hitting on a woman that at that point, but no. no but uh, one of the very beefy gentlemen uh, picked up my bicycle, who they, which they crushed. Oh my god! Um, and they threw it at Jeremiah, who was trying to like. Uh, stop them from alcohol is uh, trying to ask them to hell, stop, hell of a drug. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's really can be really rough, but it can be a good time too. So I mean, uh, some of the places on this list we got uh, back bar sofa. It goes in it goes in alphabetical order: the Brit Almaden, Cinnabar, Quartz Lounge, Free Wheel Brewing Company, Fibber McGee's, the Glass House. I think Fibber's actually might be closed right now. Uh, Katie Bloom's, Hermitage, Molly McGee's, O'Flaherty's, Patty's Inn, Poorhouse Bistro. Uh, Rosie McCann's, St. Stephen's Green, Tide House, Trace Gringos. That's all we had room for in the paper. But there's more places to go. So uh, I don't know. What are some of your so What are some of your fondest St. Patrick's Day memories? I don't remember any of my St. Patty's days because I was so drunk. Woo! Well, uh, so, so did, did my job right. So the Brit, the Brit Almaden though. Let's let's just start there. Uh, this is uh, I think they're coming up on their twentieth or thirtieth year anniversary. Gary Singh wrote about it uh, recently because that's the original, right? Yeah, and they're an institution. Uh, back back when it was back when they started, this was like one of the only places in the South Bay that you could watch soccer matches. Um, and Tomic, I mean, you have you been going there for a while as well? Um. I've been there several times. I, I do enjoy it. I, I recognize it as kind of a, a South Bay institution. Um, there's been a bunch of times we've we've gone there and and you know they let dogs in in the patio or at least they used to and we've had a really really great time. Um, you know, but they do stuff. It's very um, uh, the Brit is not a pub as I would call it. It's 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 a really, really great South Bay drinking establishment, um, and it is what it is. If you want that kind of exciting, let's get uh, blacked out drunk on green beer kind of American um, Sign type, me of, up. type of St. Patty's Day, the, the Brit is probably a good place, and they have a really good cover band. So if you just want to party that way, that's the way to do it. Um, let's, let's talk about some other uh, – what, what, what's uh, – when you say pub – uh, really traditional pub. I think my favorite place is uh, is more of a. It's a duo. It's it's Teskies, which is German, uh, but Trials. Yeah, trials. trials is 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 the place to is is. It's not. It's it's more of like an English British themed, right? But it's 
It is. They're very. You can very still good. get Guinness there. You can still get Guinness. Yeah, you can get Boddington's on tap. Um, what, yeah, um, they're very, very traditional, and they no televisions. It, no televisions because the people that go to trials are incredibly interesting. Their bartenders are incredibly interesting. Um, everybody there has like an IQ through the roof. Um, it's just like you wouldn't need a TV if if right. trials had a TV, nobody would ever watch it. But um, but it is an English bar. I don't know what they do for St. Patty's Day. I don't think they do anything. Um, they stick. They serve Guinness. Yeah. <laughs> they so the original owners of Trials were were a couple, really lovely couple, uh, English couple named Rob and Tracy, and then Rob and Brad Vandermolen bought it from them, and Rob and Brad um, were actually Dutch. They um, they really 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 make sure to stick to uh, Robin Tracy's kind of vision of of a real true pub, to the point where um, uh, if if you want to have a, a really awkward moment, go to Trials and ask for an Irish car bomb. <laughs> uh, because that's not funny. No, no, <laughs> it's uh, offensive. It, it is. It is offensive. It's offensive to the staff. They will not serve it, and you will get a talking to. Um, it's also offensive to the Irish. Well, I don't. I mean, it's making light of it's making light of terrorism, right? But it's it's making light of a very violent, very violent period in history in the United Kingdom, right? So you know, I, Trials is probably the best pub in um, in the South Bay and probably in the Peninsula as well. Um, but I don't know what you know. I don't know what their offerings are for St. Patty's Day. I know they do probably a special, but you know, don't expect to go there and um, you know well, buy you, green beer. Or anything I'll tell like you that. what, they're, the, uh, O'Flaherty's is uh, they're going to be they're going to be celebrating St. Patty's Day all week long, as I understand it, and uh, they are uh, they're known for bringing Irish bands in, or bands that play a traditional Irish music. Um, I think uh, some uh, at least one day this week uh, they're gonna have a rugby game on on the telly. Uh, I like O'Flaherty's. So do I. I frequent there uh, every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. I, I love O'Flaherty's as well. They got a um, good beer selection. Always a good beer selection. They always have Jameson. Mm-hmm. Jameson's important. In I, bottle. In the bottle format. <laughs> Instead of on tap, <laughs> on draft. Yeah, yeah. I went to a bar that had whiskey on tap in Portland. It was surreal. Was yeah. it better? No. It <laughs> was. I mean, it was. It was well whiskey. I was like, he was like, "What kind of whiskey you want?" I was like, "The well." And then he like started pouring, and I didn't know what was happening. I thought he was like pouring me a chaser, and then I was like, "Wow, you have well whiskey on tap." The I tap mean, line reached like thirty feet below ground to an actual well. Yeah, I think it just whiskey. went. I think it just went straight. <laughs> I think it just went straight to like the 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 ninth circle, and it was like, "Yep, yeah, this is this is you. This is where your night's gonna yeah. go." That was a great night. Yeah. So, uh, a Flaherty's is an excellent, excellent pub, but but it has TVs. It does have TVs, and and it's a very large format place, which um. <sighs> They're also very like current with, uh, like you said, they have a great beer scene or a great tap list. I don't know, like over 20, 30, some odd. They have a, right. they have a serious tap list. Yeah, and, well, uh, I, mean, I mean, in the TVs, in this instance, they're going to be playing rugby and you can, you can watch soccer matches there as well. Um, so they're about as close as you're going to get to being in Ireland mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at an Irish pub. 
I like with American craft what beer. What else do I like about O'Flaherty's? I mean, they they they've been on they've been on San Pedro Square before. You know, well, San Pedro Square Market was there. They've yeah. been there for 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 a long time. The O'Flaherty's, yeah, holding it down, holding it down, doing it really really well. And now they own Four Points, which is another awesome uh, oh, drinking. Four Points is great. Uh, establishment. They're always doing five points. Sorry. Uh, we'll edit that. Uh, out. Unfortunately, he can't count that high. <laughs> I don't know. Heyo. Yeah. So five points. Uh, also connected with O'Flaherty's. Also awesome. Those guys really know how to uh, put a place together. Um, but yeah, I, I think O'Flaherty's is is kind of the standout um, one on this list, right? If you're gonna be, if you want to have a real St. Patty's Day, you want to have an Irish experience, the closest you're gonna get. Um, According to you, I'm gonna go. Well, to I would every, say like, I'm gonna go Pat, to every Pat, bar on Patty's this list. Patty's in, I think, also. Yeah, I mean, I the, uh, no no relation to St. Patrick, but uh, Patty's in over by the uh, Caltrain station, over by the Deer Dawn station. What street is that over there? I don't know. Uh, Montgomery, well, some street. So Montgomery. So Saint. Uh, so Patty's. Montgomery. I think so I, I, as I understand it, Patty's and, and Cinnabar have sort of a running competition as the oldest bar in San Jose. Is well, that right? Well, it doesn't matter because Patty's is getting knocked down in a few months. So. Uh, let's let's. Focus and the place on the is still the longest. Let's focus bar on the in San Jose. Yeah, the place is still the longest. <laughs> so it's great for skateboard jousting, but let's focus on the positive. Patty's, I uh, I have a good friend. Shout out to Mitchell Parker. He works at Howe's, so he commutes up to uh, Palo Alto every day, and I hope I'm not calling him out. Uh, but, you know, sometimes he comes home from the train station, and, and, uh, and we, we get a beer at Patty's. Um, Patty's uh, is very good about feeding their customers. Yes. They have those, they have those subs there a lot of nights of the week. Um, if you're not too shy to eat free bar food uh on the pool table <laughs> <laughs> they have a, they have a little patio uh, if you're a smoker a patio cover, what? A cover a patty covered, patio oh, covered patio and also i wanted to say earlier not to be uh you know confused with it's always sunny's mm. patties yeah different 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 no but patty's in is an is an amazing institution go there um actually yeah start your night there uh, because it's going to be gone soon, and it is really a magical place. It, it's uh, it's very organic. You can tell that it was kind of you know maybe had a redesign or a refresh, maybe 1978, maybe <laughs> 1982, and right. basically they're they're just like you know what, nah, we're just going to keep it this way until this becomes a vintage looking place, and now it has. They also Awful have uh, those little like flappy salon doors, mm, yeah. in their bathroom saloon yeah. for. For the toilet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, salon. Uh, also, above the bar is, I think, an Edsel grill, maybe? And then there is a steamer trunk. And the contents of the steamer trunk have been a mystery for, like, half a century. So at some point in time in the near future, um, when they start dismantling that place, um, we'll it's get gonna to be, see. It's either full of doubloons or or maybe just old Playboys. Well, when we when we reviewed patties and we talked to an octogenarian bartender and uh he said that there was a dead body in there mm. um and i believe him because he was just this older guy that just looked like he knows where he, the bodies are buried yeah he also gave me a the slow gin uh, <laughs> th they had a bottle of slow gin um that had a tax stamp on it and if you're not familiar with uh California liquor laws and taxes, 
um, back in the 80s and before then, um, there used to be a stamp that would go over the cap. Okay. And with the, you know, that, that certified that that bottle had paid um, its stamp. And then, you know, so uh, this particular bottle had a, st- <laughs> a stamp on it. So, so it was be- that old. Yeah. And, and it, I don't, have you ever had slow gin? So that's kind of, su- it's like sweet, right? Yeah. So it was so old, I think all the alcohol had evaporated from it. <laughs> it was just oh, like God. a shot yeah, so, of syrup. So one of the, so, so one of the like earliest sort of, uh, uh, times I, I drank was probably around uh well what i'm remembering anyway i was 16 are we talking 9 a.m yeah yeah six 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 a.m it's 5 a.m somewhere is what i always say but uh so you're ahead of the game yeah so a friend a friend of mine and uh we i had a slumber party you know he's in my band in high school and and i stole a bottle of uh what do you call it uh uh southern comfort that i found it was a full bottle. It was in like a milk crate in the garage. My parents had forgotten about it. I realized that they'd forgotten about this liquor crate. And I didn't know any better. I was like, oh, this bottle isn't even open. I took it. And you guys know what Southern Comfort looks like. It's it's the color of like whiskey. Yeah, but it should it's not. be. But yeah. this this liquor was like the color of like Jose Cuervo tequila. So it had like changed in the heat of the garage over years and years. And it was disgusting, and I stopped drinking it like after one or two shots. My friend uh, Bart drank most of the rest of it, and he puked violently in the morning. Yeah, no, it was I, a setup by your parents. Mm. They didn't really like your friend Bart. Yeah, yeah. they got him. I, I have a similar story with uh, I don't know if you guys know the musician uh, Will Sprod of the Mumblers. Yeah, he's great. He's Absolutely. a w- wonderful guy. And um, one night when we were we used to work at the Camera Three together. So we went to his uh, his mom's house, and you know uh, we would just play music into the the late late hours of the night. And uh, <laughs> at the time, I had a big cast on my um, left leg because I had I had shattered my ankle at the Santa Clara skate park. Um, Shaka bra. <laughs> so uh, best skate park around. It is. It is. But uh, anyway. Um, we went into his mom's liquor cabinet and we found just random stuff um, in the back and we started drinking it. And I just remember just it being incredibly, incredibly sweet and thinking like, man, this is not a good idea. But, you know, we're in our early 20s, whatever. And, um, and then I have flashes of me and him in his garage looking for saws and testing <laughs> different saws against uh, my... Uh, oh, like as an instrument. No, 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 no. Uh, we're gonna saw off my cast. Oh, um, okay. And uh, which eventually we succeeded, and it was like one of the wildest pains I have ever felt. I took the cast off. That's weeks why too you early. only have one leg. Tomic only has one leg. No, this is the, I have the, the, two. Ma- the magic of radio. So let's get out of San Jose for a little bit. Let's let's go up the peninsula. Uh, you guys did a a, a longer bar fly. Uh, what was that? About a year ago, where you you came down from Palo Alto. You went to Antonio's uh, Ant- Antonio's Nut House. You went to Mervin's Lounge. So in Mountain View, there are uh, two Irish pubs. There, there's Molly McGee's and St. Stephen's Green. Have you ever been to either of these places, gentlemen? We went to Molly McGee's before. Um, I think we had a pint there, and then and then we went over to uh, Murphy's Law. Oh, Correct. No, Murphy, Murphy's. That you're thinking of Fibber McGee's. Fibber McGee's is in Sunnyvale. 
They're sister bars. Molly McGee's is in Mountain View. Sorry to correct you on the air, Tomic. I know it's it's tough. We went to somebody McGee's. Yeah, we went to all the McGee's. Well, we, so anyway, we, so I think we yeah we went to Molly's, we went to Fibars, we went to Mike McGee's house too. <laughs> well, and I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk about Molly's. Uh, my friend Chris uh, works at both Fibbers and Molly's. He's just a really angry uh, bartender, uh, the kind of guy that you know just just hates everybody because he's been a bartender for 10, 15 years, and he's he's just seen seen, seen the it worst. all. Seen the worst, but I like I like Molly McGee's in Mountain View. It's a good mix. It it is sort of this Irish bar type scene, but it's also if you wanna if you wanna dance, uh, if you wanna play pool, uh, they have a patio as well. And then right down the street, there's St. Stephen's Green, so you can spend your sort of whole St. Patty's Day just bouncing back and forth between those bars. I think St. Uh, Stephen's Green serves food. Um, then. Go down to Sunnyvale, go to the Sister Bar, which I think might not be open on uh, on St. Patty's Day because I got the inside scoop from Chris. But uh, why would it be open? They, they're having some plumbing issues. But there's Fibber McGee's, and then right across the street, you went to uh, on that bar fly crawl. Where'd you go? We went to Murphy's Law, which is um, a really awesome bar. We we had a great time there. Um, but they also have TVs. Oh. But they also do. Yeah, and, and that's the yeah TVs, man. They don't belong in bars, that's for sure. I have a problem with TVs. I'm or cell like, phones. When or I'm like, when, when there's a TV in the background, I like I have trouble paying attention to people. It's oh just, my god, I'll just like stare at the TV where I don't watch TV, watching like news that they don't have like closed captioning and yeah. I can't hear a thing, and <laughs> I'm just looking. still watching it, not paying attention to anybody's conversation. At all, yeah. you're just looking at talking to me or not. You're just hypnotized like, by Frank Somerville. KTV. I like to listen yeah. in on people's well, conversations, Frank's, Frank's whether they're talking to me or not. Frank's a good guy. I I um, think yeah. I mean, no one's gonna re- replace Dennis Richmond, but Frank Somerville. He's he's yeah. tr- he's 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 not bad. Yeah, not bad. H- handsome devil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, TVs and bars is a bad idea. I think it started off um, when people started celebrating sports events and stuff like that in bars. And it's just propagated. And I, I think bar owners have this feeling like, man, if I get like a flatter flat screen that's bigger than the competitors, that's going to put me over the top. No, what puts you over the top is good bartenders and a nice place to sit and talk to friends. That's what a bar is supposed to be. Some people want to play games, though. You know, uh, on this list, we have Quartz Lounge. They have many, many dartboards. We went to Quartz Lounge. We did. We ended up sitting in the back. Um, <clears throat> um, well, no, they asked you to go to the back, but I was yeah. Jeremy, actually, Jeremy I was fine. They were on like, a velvet cool. pillow. I like darts. You guys like darts? Sure. I I, I like enjoy I enjoy a good game. Of darts. You me. can also play darts at uh, at uh, uh, trials. trials, which we talked yeah. about earlier. Oh, Court's got uh, pool and tables too. Uh, Do they have Katie, some Katie Blooms? They have some skee ball. Not skee ball. What are you talking about? Quartz is from. I've only been to Quartz once when we went to uh, went to check it out, and I just remember it being like very large, very accommodating, and well lit. I think it's I think it's a neighborhood bar. I think you know the people who live close to Quartz they go to Quartz, um, and you know the drinks are are very reasonably priced. Uh, It's kind of a no frills place, and if you live close to Quartz. It's not. It's not too far from uh, from Seven Stars. 
as well. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be doing anything. They're both on Bascom. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be doing. <laughs> they're anything. pretty far apart. They are okay. Well, I I went on a I went on a great bike ride one time, uh, not with you guys. I was cheating on you guys with my friends Curtis and uh, Javier. Who was it? Cur- oh, Cur- oh, oh yeah, Javier, Javier would do that. He would not do that not not Ruiz. Uh, oh. What's his last name? You know what I'm talking about. Javi? No, not Javi. Tall Javi. You mean Javier? Yeah. Anyway, point is, we started in Los Gatos, we came back, and we hit uh, we hit Quartz, and then we too. and then we hit Seven Stars. Um, From Quartz Lounge to Seven Stars, I think it's like three miles. Mm, wow. So you're, you, you. Hey, you, when you're drunk, I made it. I made it. Who knows? It's on my bicycle. Rosie McCann's is at Santana Row. If you want to get more, if you want to be fancy, you guys been to any bars at Santana Row recently? Uh, well, actually, have I been to Santana Row recently? No. Uh, I live at Santana Row. Drive a Tesla. Yeah. I also have a Ferrari. I know that you hold so, me in your heart. So no big deal. I guess I live at Santana Row. Yes, you do. You do. Because if you're always there, then mm-hmm. I'm always there. Yeah. No, I mean I. Left bank. Yeah. Uh, Rosie's. What else is there? I'm not going to brag, but I do have several domiciles at Santana Row. I, you know, depending on how I'm feeling. <laughs> um, and, you know, I have like vintage Mercedes. This is parked there. I have several um, very rare Ferraris. Um, some of the rarest. I actually have a Ferrari. He's tractor. actually never even seen them himself. Yeah. That's how rare. That's, uh, yeah. My Maserati does. 185. 185. I lost my license, and that's one of the. I'm a greatest. 186 man myself. That's one of the greatest songs. By the way, pop well, songs ever written. By the way, when when uh when that song was written, no Maserati went 185. Oh yeah, yeah. No, the the I think the fastest Quattroporte they had during the time was like the top out of 178. Mm. So. Liars. Joe Walsh. Well, Joe Walsh was probably pretty hammered. Before we get back to the bar thing, I want to stick on Joe Walsh real quick because did you you ever heard of the band Super Furry Animals? Yes, 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 yes. Um, back in the '90s, they had a single, or maybe it was an EP called "If You Don't Want Us to Destroy You." And when they got their marketing budget, instead of putting, um, you know, buying ads and whatever the enemy or you know Melody Maker, they bought a tank from Joe Walsh. Of course, Joe Walsh had a tank. Yeah, Joe Walsh has a tank collection, and they nice. bought one of his tanks. Um, I think it's like a British chieftain or something. And they painted it bright blue, and they put um, the album name on the side, and they just kind of trucked it around England. Oh, it was a, a little promotional, yeah. promotional item. Well, let's let's just talk about the places that you might find us uh, at on St. Paddy's Day. Uh, Cinnabar is is a favorite of ours. Uh, St. James Park. <laughs> Tomic, you and I were just I was at say uh, the, the gutter, caravan. But I don't feel like that's actually a bar. Although, but St. James Park, no, it is. It Could is be. Cafe Stretch. I think uh, I think we might expect Cinnabar. I don't. I haven't confirmed this, but in years past, they have served corned beef on St. Patty's Day. They are also sometimes good about feeding their guests. Yeah, it's important. Uh, Thanksgiving, to- I know. You it's, want, a pl- it's a place to go. It's important to eat. If you're gonna if you're gonna consume a large amount of alcohol, it's important to feed yourself. Should I should I call the owners? You want to get you want to get Josh? Yeah, because you're in a well, no, good gonna, standing with them and all. Well, if it's if <laughs> if it's that type of food, I would assume it'd be Stacy, not Josh. Yeah, you should text Stacy. 
She'll probably get back to you. So, uh, the, and right next door, there's San Patricio. What do you guys know about San Patricio's? I actually haven't been there, but it's like it's it's a it's San Patricio's is Saint Patrick in Espanol. And why is that um, important? Do you know? I don't. Do you know? Yeah. Can the, you tell me? Well, the the Irish um, were instrumental in the Mexican American War because the Irish being Catholics um, and tired of kind of the racism they were experiencing in New York, a lot of them just moved to Mexico and became um, fighters. So there there is an interesting story. There's a very deep connection between it was Boston or Mexico. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, and so, so yeah, so that that's, I think San Patricio's deluxe and uh, Chacho's are all sort of, uh, involved yeah. in each other that so and Cinnabar is right there so I got to tell you um, keeping on the same kind of thing um, the Mexicans historically have been very very inclusive of um, I guess the the, the immigrant uh, culture into their country um, and I think they're very proud of their Irish heritage just like they're proud of their you know uh, German and Polish and Czech heritage which uh, we hear in Oaxacan music all the time, and I don't know, you know, banda right. sounds like polka because it's because yeah, it's polka. That's where it came from, yeah. right? The 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 um, that's where I understand the accordion got into the whole sort of banda thing. Um, well, we've hit a lot of these bars. Have we missed anything? I think St. Thomas Aquinas uh, Parish. Uh, is a standout for me. Yes, because, because well, I mean, the, it, your namesake. No, not I, your namesake. You I was told named me after. Story. Yeah, I was named after Thomas the Unbeliever, the Doubting Thomas. Uh, but I wish, I wish it was uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas because he is a a master philosopher and a very influential person, and a good guy overall to hang out with. I might add. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, Tomic is eternal. He's just—he's always been here. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. To me, it, it really stood out. I'm sure the corned beef and cabbage is going to be awesome. Um, and they're doing it the real traditional way. It's not about getting wasted on green beer. Right, right. It, it, it's actually celebrating the patron that, saint of and, Ireland. Yeah, and that and that particular event's not even really a, a boozy event. It's just a come have come have dinner. I think it's it's family friendly. It's at the uh, parish in Palo Alto. Uh, I don't think we've hit Campbell. There's Katie Blooms in Campbell. They're having a they're having a celebration. I mentioned Katie Blooms. They uh, you did darts. Remember? Oh yeah, there's darts there. I like darts. Uh, Nick, what was that? Who was that voice? <laughs> who 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 are you? I don't even know anymore. And if you really really, I think to me also, if you really want to keep it traditional. Um, Trace Gringos. <laughs> oh my God, you, you were thinking the same Trace. thing I was thinking. You got to go to Trace if you are uh, 21 and one hour old. You got to be there. Gotta and want to wait in line. Yeah, wait in the line. Um, do do shots? I don't know. Yeah, shots, 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 shots of Patron shots, shots, shots for St. Patty's Day. Hold on, I'm texting uh, Stacy from the Cinnabar. So th- this really explains uh, my relationship with Stacy, 
So I said, I texted her, are you guys feeding people on St. Patty's Day? She replied, text number one, why do you ask? Text number two, are you going to come in? Basically saying like, um, uh, I won't give you any information until I know that you're not going to hurt me. Because I'm worried that you're just going to show up early and eat all the food. (laughs) Oh, St. Patrick's Day is coming up. We've got the Barfly Boys here. We've gone over like just every bar that I can possibly think of in the South Bay. Well, I would like to add one. Oh, yes, please. Which is one of our favorites. It's the Sherwood Inn. Oh, Sherwood Inn. With it's their... a green cow. Yep. Ah. Fantastic. Yep. Ah. I've actually never been there. I've driven by it multiple times. I'm always like, oh, there's the Sherwood. So the, Sher- the Sherwood Inn is um, definitely one of those institutional kind of like bars um, we don't pay enough attention to it just because it's in the south side. Everybody forgets what happens on the south side. Mm-hmm. Um, but they uh, they love us, which is awesome. We, we, we actually we made a joke in our review of the Sherwood Inn about how we love the popcorn on the ceiling and uh, how it was the last bar in San Jose that hasn't removed the popcorn and revealed the HVAC plumbing or whatever. The <laughs> um, next time I went in there, they had to remove the popcorn. Oh, my God. Which is a bummer, but it's kind of rad because I'm pretty sure they did it because of us. Um, Barfly Barfly has an impact, guys. But only at the Sherwood Inn. <laughs> and in the gutter. Yeah. No, And they also changed their offer. It's no longer uh, – it, it, it was buy one drink – and then buy anything else for a quarter um, on Tuesdays, which is insane. Because when we went there, we we uh, I was getting PBRs for two dollars, and then for twenty five cents, I was getting shots of like a fifteen year Bowmore single. Oh, you're gaming the system. It, it's, it was crazy. So now they changed it. Now I think it's seventy five cents. Ah, you can still get those <laughs> shots. Well, hey, I hope you inflation, all huh? Have a wonderful safe oh oh wait oh huh? i heard back there will be food mm. at the cinnabar yeah i mean i'm probably not going to leave the cinnabar actually no wait there is a show there's a show that night together pangea uh we're not going to do the hit list this week but together pangea is playing on saint patrick's day at the ritz should be a good time uh last night tomic and i uh were at cafe stretch uh we saw dardo and dr nurse and Dardo was fantastic. Without me, yeah, we we didn't bring. We Jeremiah. invited Jeremiah. He was we like, won't. he was yeah. like, I actually, I actually got something going on. And he was lying. He he didn't have anything going. He was just trying to like power move us. There I was, curled up in fetal position on the ground, sucking my thumb. Well, I think what you did, if if I'm not mistaken, is is you tried to like pull this power move where like I'm actually kind of busy, and you hoped that we would text you back, but we were just kind of like, oh, okay. It was probably it the hurt. It probably hurt. Um, it was definitely the Hence, fetal position <laughs> on the ground, sucking my thumb. Gentlemen, I'm trying to talk about in a pool of my own tear. It was just one tear, one giant one. Uh, that was an incredible show. Definitely the best show of the year so far. No, so I know. There far. was a lot of people standing around me, like watching, and I was like, uh, <laughs> they didn't tell me to. I think Nils Fram is going to be the coolest show in San Jose uh, this quarter, at least. At the Ritz, April 4th, I believe. I disagree. I think it's going to be Michael Schenker. Oh. Billy Boy. 
Mais les bois. And I'm 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 on I'm not kidding. There, there's a lot of um, gentlemen uh, whose ages are north of ours who absolutely uh, love Michael Shanker. He's, and, a, he's an accomplished guitarist, for and sure. He's also doing a clinic at Guitar Showcase. Oh, no way. I didn't know about yeah, that. Yeah, before the show. So there's going to be a lot of um, dudes just polishing their Corvettes and their Shelby Mustangs uh, and getting out their Schenker limited edition two-tone V-style guitars. Playing as fast as possible. Which probably, like, compared to how fast Michael Schenker plays... Yes, yeah. fans probably don't play that fast. No, they can't do that. I mean, I have to put it down in slow motion just to kind of like get it, right? Okay. Who who, who was that? Who was that? Name? Who? What? Michael Shank? No, so anyways, no. Oh, okay. St. Patrick's Day. This has been the SV411 podcast. We have the Barfly Boys here, and as you can tell, we had a couple brews, but. Uh, this was a good. And dry- I had a couple more. This was a good dry run. Can we uh, hit record now? Let's do it. <laughs> also, right. don't forget to wear green. Yeah, or you'll get pinched. And when you're drunk, that's a bummer. Super bummer. All right, guys. Thanks for stopping by. Really appreciate it. And uh, thanks everybody who listened. You made it all the way through an hour of us. Just shooting the breeze. So uh, we'll be back. And if you're just checking in, that was, uh, you know, you're no no Frank Somerville. But, you know. So anyways. (laughs) uh... All right, guys. Guys, I got to use the bathroom. We'll We'll see you next time. Adios.